0: Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Janice, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Thursday, May 9th, 2013. Today we are reading from the big book, and we are on page 11 in Bill's story, and we're going to begin at the bottom of that page today. The reference number for yesterday, which was Wednesday, May 8th, is 4419. That's 4419. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, OA's fifth tradition states each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the Twelve Steps and Twelve Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I'd now like to ask Edini to please read the twelve steps.
1: Thank you, Janice. Good morning, my spiritual brothers and sisters. My name is Irini, and I am a very grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Thank you, God. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening, as a result of these steps, we try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. I thank you, and I pass.
0: Thank you, Eleni. I'd now like to ask Margaret H. to please read the 12 tradition.
2: Thank you, Janice. Good morning, a vision for you. This is Margaret H., Compulsive Overeater in Illinois, the 12 traditions. 1. Our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. 2. For our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants, they do not govern. 3. The only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. 4.
0: Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speaker, should be muted. Today we resume our study of the Big Book, and we are on page 11 in Bill's story. And we're going to begin at the bottom of that page, beginning with the sentence I saw that my friend, and I'd like to ask Kathy Kaye to please start.
3: Thank you, Janice. Good morning, everyone at Vision for You. My name is Kathy, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. I saw that my friend was much more than inwardly reorganized. He was on a different footing. His roots grasped a new soil. Um, These few sentences are really uh, powerful to me because they represent um, how our own personal transformations can help another compulsive overeater. It was at this moment that Bill uh, was admitting that something indeed dramatic had happened in his friend Abby. Um And it was uh, so dramatic that uh, it was not just um, a change in thinking. It was not just um having found God, it was um had something to do with a higher power that had him in a very new frame of mind and um as they say, on a new footing and the word roots 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 grasped a new soil meant this was not a temporary change, this was something quite fundamental. Um, After hearing Ebby talk and witnessing Ebby's demeanor, he knew that something dramatic had transpired. Um, And I think this marks the turning point um, of Bill's becoming more open and more willing, um, uh, whereas we had been reading in the first part of his story about all of his reluctance and doubt uh, about the existence of God. Now we see him becoming much more open. And you know, I certainly have experienced this in my own life. I I struggled for a good fifteen years uh, resisting the idea of a higher power working in my life. And uh, when I read this, I feel such gratitude for the people in these rooms. Um, that uh, shared their stories with such heartfelt words, um, so that I could begin to let go of my doubt and begin to become willing. And I pass. Thank you, Kathy.
0: Would anyone else like to comment on this on these sentences, this paragraph? This is Kim. Go ahead, Kim. Good morning, Janice. My name is... Um, good morning, my fellows. My name is Kim i I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. His roots
4: grasp
0: new soil. So here we are again with Bill and Abby. and Evie was a drunk just like Bill. Evie would get periods of sobriety, and then he would pick up, and it would get worse and worse. Because if you are a compulsive overeater, it always gets worse. It never gets better. But here he's before Bill, and he is recovered. He has a, he is beyond being sober. He has been transformed. His roots have grasped a new soil. And what I see that I think of, I'm from New Jersey, so Hurricane Sandy hit us real hard, and what happened was there was so much rain and so much of the storm that when you went outside, there were trees that were 80 and 100 years old that were just pulled over their roots were simply pulled up and the trees were over there. The the soil was so saturated. It wasn't that the trees broke. The trees actually were pulled up from its foundation and you saw the roots because it had nothing to grasp with. And that's what my life was like before OA. You know, what did my roots grasp? Well, if I have enough money, I'm going to be okay. If only I had different parents You know, if Carol and Mike Brady had raised me, I would be okay. You know, if I only could get to a size six, I would be okay. If I really found Prince Charming, I would be okay. I was, my roots were trying to grasp these soils which were made of man. And I was beyond human aid. So I had to find something deeper, something more substantial. My roots had to grasp a different soil. And on page 27, it talks about what that transformation is. It says, ideas, emotions, and attitudes, which were once the guiding forces of the lives of these men were suddenly cast to one side and a completely new set of conceptions and motives began to dominate them. So those old ideas, those old emotions of if I had enough money, if I had different parents, if I could find the right guy, if I could get the right food plan, that was not going to hold me anymore. And even in L.A., we often talk about L.A. watering down the program. Watering down the program. of Well, I will give up all my binge foods, and I'll do steps one, two, and three, but four through nine is a little drastic. You know. And I'll take it as sponsor, but I'm going to tell my sponsor what to do. I just want a dear Abby that I can complain and I can convex to. But that is why when you water that down, just the way those trees in Hurricane Sandy got so saturated, you're going to be pulled over. So he's seeing in here in Ebby that his roots have grasped new soil. And that is God. And how can I get those roots to be a firm foundation in the, in the ground so I won't be pulled over by a storm? Is I get through these steps, I get through these steps, I take those action steps, I clear away the wreckage of my past, so that those roots can truly grasp into my higher power and I can be on a different footing. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim. Well, this is Janice, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, God. You know, this this is indeed, I believe, a tipping point here. And why is that true? What is happening here to Bill? And why is it important to me? You know, those are the questions that I had to ask myself. What is it that was happening to Bill W. right here? And what does it mean to me? Well, in that paragraph just previous to it, Bill was sitting there looking at his friend across the table saying, here was something at work in a human heart which had done the impossible. Which had done the impossible. And I don't know about you and your disease of compulsive overeating, if that's what you have. I know it's what I have, that disease of compulsive overeating that had an allergy of the body and an obsession of the mind. And the obsession of the mind was the greater aspect of the disease because it was in that obsession of the mind that I was stuck in my old ideas and my old attitudes And they washed over everything in my life, those old ideas, those old attitudes. And it was true for Bill here. He was thinking about all of the ways in which he had viewed religion, all of the ways in which he had viewed people and their hypocrisy, he felt, and how he had been influenced by his people, by his Grandfather by his family growing up by watching what other people did, all of those things had influenced his old ideas and his old attitudes. But here was someone who had suffered like he had suffered, who was willing to come here and tell him about what had happened, what had happened to him, and had that power originated in Evie? No, it had not, and Evie was telling him. Clearly, what had happened to him, what it used to be like, what happened to him and what it's like now. You know, isn't that what we do for each other? You know, we share that experience, strength and hope, just like Evie was sharing with Bill. You know, because Bill says, never mind, the musty past. Here's that a miracle. Here's that a miracle. Well, Bill finally was beginning to see that miracle. And it was a shift in his perception. You know, that's what I believe the miracle is. That's what the miracle was for me. A shift in my perception helped me to see it differently. Because left to my own devices, my human will had failed utterly. My human willpower, my self-determination, all the things that I thought made me strong helped me be powerless against this disease. All those very things that I thought were my strengths you know did not help me. And Bill was shocked here sitting here looking at his friend. Shocked at what he saw that his friend was now much more inwardly reorganized. Inwardly. Yes, didn't he look fresh-faced? Yes, wasn't there something different about him? Yes, didn't he look healthy? So obviously he wasn't drinking anymore. But there was something more Going on here. And with that, I'll pass. Would anyone else like to comment on this paragraph?
5: This is Paula, may I share?
0: Go ahead, Paula.
5: Oh, thank you. You know, a miracle. Who would think that he would describe Ebby as a miracle? But that is the word he used. He says, I saw, and it says inwardly. Yes, inwardly reorganizing. That was wonderful. I mean, to see that, the outside matched the inside. Oh, yeah, truly a miracle. What you saw on the outside was never on the inside. And what was on the inside didn't show on the outside. But here, it was reorganized. It had to be. But then he said he was on a different footing. Okay, his roots grasped a new soil. What's the new soil? God himself. As was just said, The steps are there. Where do the steps go to? You take steps. And it's an upward climb, and that it is, my friend. An upward climb to what? Each step, you read it, and you'll see. Power came to believe. Turn our will. God. Admit it to God. Continue to take personal inventory where we were wrong. Promptly admitted it. How did we know when we were wrong? Ask God. You always get a clear answer. And there it is. And it continues on, and that's the way it is. But you know, when the steps start, and that's the part, before even it starts, it says clearly that this is the way. These are the steps that take you to a place that you've always wanted to go but never could get there. But what does it say? It's too much for us without help. But there is one who has all power. That one is God. May you find him now. That's the soil. That's the soil. Unshakable? Definitely. No storm, no hurricane. Nothing is going to shake that soil. Thank you for allowing me to share with that. I do, Cass.
0: Thank you, Paula. Would anyone else like to comment on this paragraph?
6: It's Monica.
2: Go ahead, Monica.
6: Good morning, Janice. Good morning, everyone. My name is Monica. I am a recovered compulsive overeater. I'm going to go back to that. The miracle. My ideas about miracles were drastically revised right then. Um, he, you know, that floored me. That floored me. What's that mean? I couldn't. That means he couldn't believe his eyes. That floored me. I couldn't believe my eyes. It began to look as though religious people were right after all. You know, he, there's he's having he's beginning to set aside his old ideas, his fixed ideas, you know uh his way hadn't worked. pain is a great motivator, you know it's a great motivator here he's willing he's willing to uh look at something a little different, and my ideas about miracles were drastically revised right then, and why is this because Ebby is sitting across from him Ebby is Transformed. Ebby is different. Something has happened to Ebby. Ebby is sober, and Bill has not seen Ebby sober in years and years and years. And Ebby was about to be committed, but he's sitting there across from him, bright-eyed and sober. And Ebby and Bill cannot deny something has happened to Ebby. He can't deny it. There's living proof sitting across the table from him. So his ideas about miracles were drastically revised back then. You know, he's letting that little light come in. Well, look at Ebby here. Something has happened to Ebby Living proof here. And Ebby is telling me he's got religion. And this is what has happened to him because of it. Here's living proof. I can't deny it. And that's a big, a big thing for him. You know, his eyes are opening. He's now, he's, you know, in step two here is coming, coming about. Came to believe that a power greater than ourselves can restore us to sanity. And he knows Ebby didn't have any power, just like he doesn't have any power. And Ebby says there is a power, and it's greater than us, and it's called God. And with that, I pass.
0: Thank you, Monica. Would
7: anyone else like to comment before we move on? It's Leah. Go ahead, Leah. Thank you so much, Janice. Good morning, everybody. My name is Leah, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. I saw that my friend was much more than inwardly reorganized. He was on a different footing. His roots grasped a new soil. I mean, obviously, we know roots grow downward. They grow deep, and... um, you know, they offer stability. (laughs) They offer um, a dependence on something that is far greater and stronger than anything superficial. And that's exactly what the program of recovery, uh, you know, is able to offer. Our basic flaw, my basic flaw, Abby's flaw, Bill's flaw, had been faulty dependence, a false dependency, looking outside of ourselves, uh, outside of uh Bill, for instance, for for money, for uh status, prestige, you know, the coat of tan, the pride, uh the um accomplishment, the validation, the security. Uh and when you fail to get those things and when Bill failed to get those things according to his wishes, it led him to be in constant disharmony with people around him and with himself. And the same goes, you know, for me, for all of us. You know, when we're malaligned, when we're not in alignment with a power greater than ourselves, then we are operating on self-will run riot and in constant conflict with ourselves with God, obviously, and with other people. But when we grasp a new soil, uh, you know, we're transcending the intellect. Our mind, you know, is an instrument. It's a tool. It's there to be used for a specific task. Uh, I was always afraid to let go of that ability to reason and analyze and discriminate. But when this disease beat me to a pulp, when this disease beat me into a state of reasonableness, much like uh, Bill is going through right now, you know, we start questioning. You know, maybe maybe our way isn't working. Maybe there is a different way. Maybe there is some relationship where the trust and reliance and dependency will be uh, immeasurable and indestructible. You know, the big book talks about that we have more, Bill had more than a drinking problem. He had a living problem. Same with me, more than a compulsive overeating problem. Uh, You know, food and weight are not my problem. Living was my problem. I had a difficult time with life, living life on life's terms. What is going to stabilize a person like me? Well, that's going to be a connection, a relationship with a power greater than myself because what am I suffering from? Am I suffering from an allergy of the body only? Well, I do have an allergy of the body, but actually the greater aspect of my disease is an obsession of my mind. And so what is going to be the answer to that? Well, I'm suffering from a disease which only a spiritual experience will conquer. So if that's true, then my roots need to grasp something that is, uh, you know, indestructible. That has the strength to withhold all of life's uh, turbulence and ups and downs. And that's going to be a power greater than myself. You know, and God doesn't exist in my life and couldn't exist in, in Bill's life in a personal way unless he decided to believe he exists or decide to live his life as if he believed. He exists. And that is a new soil, and that's what we have the opportunity to do through these steps. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you,
0: Leah. Would anyone else like to comment before we move on? All right, we'll move on to the next paragraph, and I'll ask Marietta to please read that for us.
8: Hi, it's Marietta Recovered. Despite the living example of my friend there, remained in me a vestige of an, my old prejudice. The, the word God still aroused a certain empathy. When the thought was expressed that there might be a God personal to me, this feeling was intensified. I didn't like the idea. I could go for such... Uh, conception as a creative intelligence, universal mind or spirit of nature, but I resisted the thought of the Czar of the heavens. However loving his his sway might be, I have since talked with scores of men who felt the same way. My friend suggested that that Excuse me, my friend suggested what then seemed a novel idea. He said, "Why didn't you choose your own conception of God? Do you want me to read further, or do you want me to stop there? Oh, no,
0: you can stop there. Thank you, Marietta
8: and uh I know for myself, you know uh that was such a novel idea, and it was my choosing out of my understanding, and it helped me to move forward in this program of recovery, and with that, I'll pass.
0: Thank you, Marietta. Would anyone like to comment on that next paragraph? This is Carolyn. Go ahead, Carolyn.
9: Hi, I'm and a recovered compulsive overeater from Massachusetts. I had to recreate my whole conception of God. That was truly my dilemma. The God of my understanding wasn't working for me, and I couldn't figure that out. And I was sitting in a meeting, and the tears were flowing down my face, and I looked up, and I said, God, what's wrong with me? Why can't I figure this out? Who are you to me? Why can't I feel you? Why don't I know you're there? And all of a sudden, it hit me like a ton of bricks. God was answering me. He said, You don't trust me enough. You don't trust me. That's what your problem is. And the only way you're going to trust me is to get a conception in your head that will work for you. Not somebody else's idea on what God should be, but your idea on what I should be for you. So I did that. And once I did that, the floodgates opened and the beauty of recovery kicked in and was brought right into my lap. And God was telling me, here's your option. You can either choose to live with me, or you can go out there and die. Pick one. For me, it was a no-brainer. I wanted to live. I wanted to be a part of life, and I
0: wanted God in it. And with that, I passed. Thank you, Carolyn.
4: Go
0: ahead, Sylvia. Sylvia.
4: This is Sylvia, Recovered Compulsive Eater in New York, and... um, This is also good to bring Bill's story alive in this way for me. And what I loved about this is that when I came into program, I didn't have any spiritual background or religious background. I was a clean slate, and I came in desperate, and not desperate to lose weight, but desperate because I knew something was the matter with me. I had no idea what other than I couldn't stop eating. That That was it. And so when they came, when they started to talk about God, from my first meeting, I was desperate enough to say, okay, if that's what I have to do, I'll do that too. But I didn't know how to do it. And so for me, I could start with that from the first, just from the first meeting, that I was not God. And that was such a relief to me to know that I was not, because I guess I thought that I was in charge of everything, not just my own life, but my children's life and my relatives' lives and my coworkers' lives. And, not, you know, I was supposed to fix everything. So when I realized that I was not the higher power and I didn't create the tides and I didn't create, you know, the sunrise and the sunset and the spring and and just looked around, I could look around it so much that I was not in charge of. I could just take the next step and say, okay, then I'm not in charge. And then um, I heard someone in a meeting talk about, it was on uh, page 55, and, we, <clears throat> and they said, we saw, finally saw that faith in some kind of God was part of our makeup, just as much as the feeling we have for friend. Sometimes we had to search fearlessly, but he was there. He was as much a fact as we were. We found the great reality deep down within us. In the last analysis, it is only there that he may be found. It was so with us. And that so fit for me because I couldn't see looking up to the skies to talk to. You know, I saw a lot of people, and you have to get down on your knees, and, and that none of that ever felt right to me. But when I could read in the big book that God was within me, and for me, I realized it was in my heart and soul, that's where I had to talk that that's how I could find recovery and that's how I could find God. And it was a wonderful blessing for me. And with that, I pass. Thank you for letting me share.
0: Thank you, Sylvia. Would anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? Monica? Go ahead, Monica.
6: Thank you, Janice. Despite the... Despite the living example of my friend, there remained in me the vestiges, the traces, the impressions of my own, my old prejudice, you know, my bias, my old ideas, little fear under there. The word God still aroused a certain antipathy, a strong feeling of dislike, hostility. And when the thought was expressed that there might be a God personal in me, this was intensified. I didn't like it. I didn't like the idea. And then the last sentence, I have since talked with scores of men who felt the same way. So his thinking is beginning to change a little bit, but still, boy, that God idea just makes the hair raise up on his neck, you know? Just, um... He still can't get over his old thinking, his old ideas of 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 God, you know. And for a lot of people, this is a very, very big stumbling block. If your God has not, you know, if you've been raised with a God that's 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 vengeful, that um, you know, uh, you're going to hell no matter what you say and do. Um, you know, it's kind of tough to think this is a loving person. This is a loving God. And this is where he was. You know, Bill had a lot of fear here. He was afraid. So, but Ebby comes back with this sentence, and this changes everything for him. My friend suggested what seemed a novel idea, a new idea. He said, Why don't you choose your own conception of God? Whatever you want your higher power to be, it's up to you here. So you can change the old ideas. Come up with something that, it's, that fits you. Like the lady before that said, you know, she found yes in her heart, her heart and soul. Um, something that you can live with. Something, no matter how simple it is. But you need to start somewheres. And with that, I will pass. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Monica. Well, this is Janice, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. You know this paragraph really speaks to me of my own of my own journey as well because Bill says, despite the living example of my friend, there remained in me the vestiges of my old prejudice you know and and bill's old prejudice he admits was you know he he could go for certain concepts of this greater power. But I resisted the thought of the Tsar of the heavens. You know, the Tsar. He he had these old ideas, these old prejudices about what it meant to have this God in his life. And a Tsar, he thought, was a ruler, authoritarian, you know, someone making every, you know, pulling all the puppet strings and making him do what he didn't want to do. You know, he thought of all of his old ideas about God were being questioned here. And, and he gives us a great sneak peek because he says, I have since talked with scores of men who felt the same way. You know, so he's given us a little bit of hope in there that maybe he wasn't the only one who had this difficulty who had been living in this isolation, who had been living in this deep depression, who had been living by his wits and his will alone, and it wasn't working. But he couldn't, he couldn't entertain much the idea of a God that he'd heard about from everybody else. You know, he couldn't think past his own prejudices here, despite the fact that Ebby sat before him, obviously a changed man. Obviously, a changed man, but what did that mean to Bill? It meant he had to look deep inside himself, in his own human heart to see what was going to be unfolding for him couldn't be couldn't be just like everybody else. you know we are such individualists, we are such strong willed people, and yet it would be personal to him, just like it was personal to Abby. And with that, I'll pass. Would anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? This is Kim. Go ahead, Kim. Good morning again, Janice. Good morning again, everyone. The word "God" still aroused a certain antipathy. Antipathy. You know, I like uh, Monica's definition. The one I saw was deep-seated feeling of dislike and aversion. Well, that just about sums up my relationship with God. That definitely sums up my relationship with God. Those were my old prejudices. So how can I come to believe? I have to acknowledge what those old prejudices are. I have to understand that my God didn't work. You know, I I basically had a God that was like Santa Claus. You know, there was a good girl list and there was a bad girl list. And if I got on the good girl list, I would be okay. And if I got on the bad girl list, I would get coal in my stocking. You know, I went through religious schools for first grade to my high school years. And God was how they kept you in line. They would say, you know, if you're not good, God will get you. God will get you. And that's how I treated God. Like he was out there to get me. You know, and then there were other times I treated him like an errand boy. Okay, God, if you're out there. I want that football player to ask me to the prom. And if he doesn't ask me to prom, and you're not out there. Go out and do that. I don't have time. I'm going to handle this stuff. But you go out and do that. So I was acting like God, and he was the errand boy. So what were those prejudices? We have to look at that. You know, I remember I, in school, we would go to church, and I would look up at the altar with a cross, and I would, sit there and I would tremble and I'd think, oh my God, if that's what he did to his son, what is he going to do to me? What is he going to do to me? That my fears were accelerated because that didn't work. So I had to look at that. I had to look at that and, and, and say, if this is not working for me, despite the living example of my friends, despite the living example of 200 people on this line that are seeking a God, despite the recovered people we hear on there, my own prejudices keep me bound, keep me bound. So I have to look at the what are those prejudices? What is my resistance to finding a higher power? Because that resistance is what's gonna keep me from becoming recovered. That resistance is gonna keep me from coming to make that decision. Because why in the heck would I make a decision to turn my life and my will over to a higher power that I believe is out to get me? That I believe is waiting for me to screw up so it can damn me to hell. That is why these steps are so important. I am at the point now where I have come to that conclusion. I am screwed and I have this disease, and there's nothing I can do about it. My human aid has failed me utterly. I'm coming to believe there is a power out there and by doing that I can let him make that decision which will be followed by the action step which will give me that spiritual awakening which will allow me to have a conscious contact with a higher power and that is the order it goes in because otherwise we're not going to be willing so we have to look at that the word God still aroused antipathy I had to look at those old prejudices in order to have Step 2 be possible. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim. Hi, this is is Dana. Go ahead. Hi,
10: everyone. This is Dana, Recovered Compulsive Eater, bulimic. Okay. I really love this part of the book, and I love every part of the book, but I was thinking, as Kim was speaking, actually, about how when I was, many years ago, when I was brand new in the program, I went to a AA meeting, and this woman at the podium, she said, if you have a problem with God, you have a problem. And um, I did actually have a problem with God when I first came in, because I didn't really have any, well, I didn't grow up with God as, you know, really involved in our family, except, you know, if you did this, you might get struck down. And if you promise God this, maybe he'll, I think when my my mother was afraid she had cancer and she said, okay, I'll quit smoking if I come out okay. And she came out okay and she never had another cigarette. She's an amazing woman, my mother. Um, but that was our, that was the God. And it was just, that's, that was what it was transmitted from generation to generation. And so when I came to program and I was introduced to the concept that I was powerless, over my compulsive eating, and you were powerless over my compulsive eating too, by the way. Um, that I had to find my own conception of God. And it actually kept me out of the rooms a little bit, but eventually I had to. Why? Because the people who talked about God, the people who were recovered, talked about God, and they talked about the book and the steps. And so I literally came to believe. And, um, you know, he says, why don't you choose your own conception of God? My own conception, that doesn't mean God changes. It means my conception of God changes. And my conception of God has changed over the years. And it has had to get bigger and bigger, you know, just like I've using me like I have to upgrade my phone. I don't, think, I don't know if you guys can hear that. Um... My phone is saying something <laughs> um, just like I 've had to upgrade my phone and um, you know the wireless connection in our home you know as as my needs have gotten bigger and as technology has Im- you know improved, um, my conception of God has had to be upgraded because I have grown and um, and you know as my as my as I grow, the disease also, you know, um, does not stop, right? It is. It just lies dormant. I maintain, you know, I <laughs> I have a saying, you know, we get you off the roller coaster, but we put you on the merry-go-round, you know, the merry-go-round of steps ten, eleven, 11, and 12, where I get to really develop that conception. But step two is just the willingness to believe that there is something, that there is a God, whatever I perceive it to be, that can help me with my problem. And it's no wonder that we spend so much time on step one, and we'll continue to spend time on step one, because really this is Bill step two that we're talking about right here. Um, But we're learning from him, I am. Um, We have to spend step one, because if I don't think I'm powerless, and I don't believe you're powerless, if I don't understand that I... That no human power. That means me, and that means you. So guess what, sponsor? You can't keep me absent either. Um, guess, guess what, food plan? You can't keep me absent either. It has to come from a power greater than myself. With my willingness and open mindedness, like we're speaking about here, Bill was, you know, he was rattling and struggling and wrestling with these ideas, but his mind was becoming open because he was willing to entertain the possibility. And um, for that, I'm grateful. I'm grateful that we don't have to believe before we get here. And I'm so grateful that this is a spiritual program. It has revolutionized my life. And it is revolutioning, revolutionizing my life again um, as a result of the steps. Thanks.
11: Hi, this is Thank Sheila. Very very here. Go
0: ahead, Sheila.
11: Hi. Good morning, this is Sheila from New York. I wanted to made comment about why don't you choose your own conception of a God. I was raised in an environment that God was a punishing God, and that even though the cards that you were dealt, you accept the cards that you were dealt, and when things bad things happen, I figured, you know, God's not looking at me, or what did I do for God to punish me? I was really angry in another program when I started doing the steps in that program, and it took me a while to develop a relationship where I actually kind of put my, conce- my concept of God to the side. I noticed that someone in the room told me, well, the rooms can't be your higher power, a sponsor can't be your higher power, but find something else. And for a little while, not that I wasn't, for a little while, I noticed that I would um, meditate looking at trees. I liked looking at, I loved going to the beach. The beach is very clear from that. I would go to the beach and and I would kind of sit and meditate and watch the water, and I would have conversations just out loud. And after a while, I realized that I was talking to these things and meditating around these things that God created. But the God that I came up with was a punishing God. And if you dare complain, you think this is bad, what's going to happen now? I mean, this is the environment that I came up in. You know, be grateful for what you have because people have it worse. And then I would hear about the starving children in Africa, and then you would shut up. But at the same time, there were times when you thought God just wasn't going to be able to do this. It took a while for me to say, okay, the God that I grew up with is not the God that I need today. You know, I, someone mentioned you change your concept of God as you grow up. So my childhood God was a punishing God. I was always fing- winging a finger and you be a good girl, you have a price to pay. And don't complain because if you complain, I'll give you something to complain about. So it took me a while to change that, you know, and it's just the same as the issues around the food. Um, I'm hearing today, and I heard something that really struck me. It's like, do I trust God enough? I've trusted him with many, 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 many things and know that only only my higher power has pulled me and my family through some really rough stuff, health issues, a lot of different issues. So there is a relationship with God, but I wonder how much do I trust him around my food, and with that i pass.
0: Thank you, Sheila. Would anyone else like to comment?
12: This is Christy.
0: Go ahead, Christy.
12: Hi, good morning, Janice. Good morning, I Vision for You. This is Christy, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. And, you know, this, this, um, this particular sentence in the middle of that paragraph, I didn't like the idea. You could pretty much put that at the end of every, you know, every suggestion in this uh, big book for someone like me, you know, just to give you a little bit of a... You know a view into the inner workings of christie's dark mind um you know i mean it's it's so ironic to me that this is uh this is the part of the book the book that this is the part of the program of recovery that's giving me some latitude you know this is the part of the program that's giving me a a great big hoop to jump through. you know it says that you need to jump through it, but it's a wide hoop, you know, no pun intended, I needed a wide hoop at three hundred and forty pounds but But I also, um, you know, am given, you know, the concept that I get to come up with my own, my own conception of God. You know, my own concept of a power greater than myself. I, uh, you know, I, I had no problem coming up with my own concept of how to work the steps, and I had no problem coming up with my own concept of, um, you know, what I should be eating and what I shouldn't be eating. So my the concept of my food plan, the concept of how I work my steps, the concept of how I live my life, it doesn't say that in the big book. It doesn't say that anywhere in here. You know, if you want what we have, do what we do. Um, but this part right here says, you know, Christy, you know, take a look at your record, take a look at... Um, you know, how you're living your life. You know, I walked into OA at 340 pounds and I lost 140 and I gained 100 of it back doing things my way. You know, my concept of of my food plan. You know, what should I be eating? I I changed my mind every single day with what I should be eating and what my food plan should be. And I picked and chose the steps. You know, I was – Working step two, you know, I was working step three and I hadn't worked step one. Step one, you know, I was working step 12, you know, I was carrying the message and I didn't have a message to carry. And, um, You know, this part right here says, you know, choose your own conception of God. Choose your own conception of God. And I would ask people, can it be a bird? Can it be a tree? Can it be the power of the group? You know, people would say, sure. It could be whatever your conception of God is. And, you know, start with something. For crying out loud, start with something. And just make sure it's not you. That's all you need to do. You know, those are the only rules, really. If we're going to give you some hard and fast black and white w- rules, just make sure that, you know, choose your own conception of God and make sure it's not you. Beyond that, whatever. Go to town, Christy. Go crazy. Go crazy with this concept. And, um, you know, for someone like me, I and mean, it's just funny to me that Bill would, you know, bristle at the idea, didn't like the idea, um, You know, and it's just, you know, exactly the way someone like me thinks. And I'm just grateful that I, you know, that I stopped, that I stopped trying to make this program harder than it needed to be. You know, that I got hung up on words and concepts when I really didn't need to do that. It's like, do do you want your life to be saved, Christy? The answer to that was an emphatic yes. Eventually it was yes. Yes, and I don't care what you tell me to do. And uh, from that moment on, from that moment on, my life was saved. My life was saved. And uh, I'm just grateful for that, and with that, I'll pass.
0: Thank you, Christy. Well, this is Janice, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. You know, why don't you choose your own conception of God? You know, your own conception of God, that statement that Abby said to Bill, they put it in italics here in the big book, saying, pay attention, this is important. This is important because it was important to Bill. It was important to Bill, so it would be important to me. You know, and that idea, that sum of all my old ideas and all my beliefs were based on my experience. My conception of God was based on my experience. Well, guess what? My new conception of God was also going to be based on my experience. You know, that's why this part is so beautiful because it says Bill came in powerless. He's thought through. He's, he's talked with Ebby You know, he's been walking down memory lane. He and Ebby have been talking about all their experiences together in their powerlessness over alcohol. And Ebby has been sharing once again all of his experiences powerless over alcohol. And then he starts to talk about his experience with this God of his understanding and what's happened to him as a result of that experience. How his belief has grown matured, materialized through his experience. And that's going to be the case for Bill as well. He is going to begin to experience God, that God of his understanding. And he had to start out with a concept. He had to start out with a concept of God, whatever that was to him in the beginning. But it wouldn't stay stagnant. You know, if my experience has any, has any worth it's that it changed for me. It grew in me, this experience. But I had to start somewhere because I was oh so human and oh so powerless. And with that, I'll pass. Would anyone else like to comment? This is Paula. And a comment. Sarah. Paula and then who else? Sarah. Leah. Sarah and then Leah. Go ahead, Paula.
5: Okay, I will make this quick. But, not, you know, I just keep thinking it started a couple of pages ago, but he did no ranting. Seems like he did a lot of listening. And he saw that the path that Bill was talking about was the same one he traveled. The same doubts. Could this be? Is this miracle for me? Same things. But I love what he did. He ended with a question. He ended with the question, Why don't you choose your own conception of God? So you know what it's like? He put it back in his court. There you go, Bill. There you go. But I have to say that part of it when it began, he did no ranting. He did a lot of heavy duty listening. Thank you for allowing me to share and with that I do pass.
0: Thank you, Paula. Go ahead, Sarah. Um, yes, um Bill was resistant um here, um, to um he wanted he said, Okay, I didn't like the idea, I could go for such conceptions as a creative intelligence, universal mind, or spiritual nature. He could go for that, but he resisted the thought of the Tsar of the heavens. Uh, he resisted this, how loving, however loving his sway may be. But when his friend, Evie, suggested, his friend, bright-eyed, recovered Abby says suggested to him, why don't you choose? Your own conception of God. He says, "Then why don't you choose your own conception of God?" Then Bill sees hope at the end of the tunnel. He sees, he sees here, my own conception of God. And when I came to OA in two thousand one, I I heard that three letter word God. And God to me was somebody who was judging me, sitting in judgment, saying to me, "You, Sarah." are wrong for overeating. You're a sin, you're a glutton. You're a sinner, you're a glutton, and that's bad. And I had to choose my own conception of God, as Bill did. And my own conception of God now is a loving God, a God who doesn't judge me and picks me up when I fall down. And I have faith in that God now. I pray to that God now in my morning and evening meditations. I say, speak to me, Lord, for I am listening. And God listens, and I speak to him, and we have conversations. And that's really a blessing for me today, and with that, I'll pass.
7: Thank you, Sarah. Go ahead, Leah. Thanks so much. I always get a big dose of gratitude. This is Leah. I always get a big dose of gratitude when we read this part of of Bill's story, why don't you choose your own conception of God? Because it just could have been that Abby didn't say that. You know what I mean? Thank God he did. And, you know, because of those words were uttered from his lips, you know, we we get together every morning. I mean, uh, you know, that, that allowed Bill to jump through the hoop. And that's the spirit of accommodation that this 12-step program has meaning that it is a power greater than yourself of your own understanding. You know, it can't be you and it has to be greater than you, but other than that, go for it, you know, and and thank God for that because it allowed Bill to jump through that hoop and it allowed me to jump through that hoop and so many other people. You know, and the big book uh, makes it very clear that even if a person is agnostic or atheist, make it emphatic that he does not have to agree with your conception of God. It could be anything that works for you as long as, A, it's not you, and B, it's greater than you. And that accommodation, that all-inclusive, never-exclusive type of uh, mentality allows for all of us to fit you know and allowed for Bill to make that transition and me to make that transition you know i just had to change my mind you know i remember having this conversation <laughs> with someone who was recovered oh and by the way did i mention it was in a in a locked facility you know and i and i was trying to grasp you know intellectually what this was going to be all about and the recovered you know fellow just insisted, hey, it does not matter. You're the one standing with a wristband around your wrist. <laughs> Take whatever you can get because your best thinking has got you here. And I was pummeled enough that I would push a penny to China with my nose if I had to. I was raised in a very cerebral, intellectual environment, and I was. I was killing myself with my fist and a couple cellophane bags and bakery boxes. And you know what? Thank God. You know, against all odds, Bill was supposed to self destruct. And that is the same for me as well. But God comes in through the wound. And a life based on the belief that God exists is far superior to life without that foundation because I was able to see recovered people who were free. And I wanted that freedom. And so my problem was not one of proving that God was in my life or that there was a God. My problem was, Leah, can you act as if it's true and stop acting as if it's not true and see what the results are and see what the results are. And, of course, Bill's story is a clear example of those results. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Leah.
0: Well, our time is up for today, and I'd like to thank everyone who shared at the meeting this morning, especially Renee and Margaret, Kathy Kay, Marietta, Esther Penny for being on board with me. I'd now we, thank you to everyone. We will now close with a reading from the big book on page 164,
1: followed by the serenity prayer. And Esther, would you read that, please? Sure. My name is Esther. I'm a compulsive overeater in Canada.